ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. About to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Vortex Optics. Proudly made in the USA, Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to SasquatchFuel.com. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So we're on with Wes Brown. Wes, what's happening, man? I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, your evening. You're quite a bit ahead of me there, man. Welcome. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's late here. I'm usually in bed by like 8.30. Uh-oh. <laughs> I feel like an old man. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get many 8.30s doing this podcast, man. It, uh, it keeps me ticking pretty late at night. Yeah. So it's fun as hell, though. I bet. So, man, why don't you uh, drop us in, give us an intro, um, let the let the listeners know a little bit about Wes and talk about your hunting and outdoor life, man. Give us some background. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, I'm Wes Brown. I've uh, I'm the uh, founder and uh, executive chairman of uh, Frontline Outdoors Foundation. Uh, that started about two years ago. Actually, tomorrow is our two year uh, anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Um and, uh, really it kind of stemmed from, uh, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing. Um, it was, uh, 
pretty much my first rabbit was, I think I was like six or seven years old uh, with my dad's 12 gauge. And uh, really, I mean, it just stemmed off from there. Um, you know, yearly hunting camps up north. Um, and, uh, you know, I felt like at the age of 16, I was like, you know, there's there's got to be more than just like a few rabbits and, you know, the few white tailed deer and the spikes and the five points and stuff like that. So I kind of opened up my, uh, tried to open up my repertoire on that. And, uh, pretty much what happened was, uh, my baseball career, um, didn't really go down in shambles. It just, I ended up injured and it, it really couldn't take off. And, uh, so I joined the army. Um, I did a, a little, almost 12 years in the army. I was a, uh, can or I was a cannoneer crew member, uh, for a couple of years, uh, in the beginning. And then I switched over to be a military police. And then I ended up being a can or a canine handler um, for the last, it was like seven and a half, eight years of my career. Um, and that was a blast. I mean, I love animals, love dogs, and it really just kind of fit. I did a lot of stuff with, you know, waterfowl. So it kind of really sunk into my bones that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and kind of that selfless part of me. Um, I wanted to do it. I mean, you know, I, I worked in a unit. Um, I deployed with a regular unit uh, for my first deployment in Afghanistan. Uh, it was great. Uh, I just wanted to do something what I felt was maybe a little bit more. Uh, so when I became a canine handler, it was, uh, that was it. It was just me and my dog uh, making sure the people behind me were safe. And, uh, you know, I transferred from a drug dog over to a, a bomb dog. And then, um, you know, usually when I talk about my service, I really refer right back to my canine that I had in Afghanistan. Um, we got injured while we were over there and, uh, he ended up having to lose his leg and, uh, I was actually able to adopt him, but, um, he was the, one of the first dogs to receive the canine medal of courage. Um, that's the only, that's the only medal, uh, recognized by Congress, uh, the Lewis Pope medal. And, uh, so that was a huge honor. Um, you know, and I, at that time, uh, while I was getting my medical retirement out of the military, you know, he was really my, my crutch to lean on, um, for the most part, he was the reason why I was, I was really here um, for a lot of reasons. And, uh, so, you know, as he retired and I was going through my retirement, I really focused on him, um, as an advocate for, you know, canines, you know, getting the right treatment once they get out of service. I mean, they're doing stuff they never got to, uh, really choose to do. Um, you know, they really just get bought, they get trained and then they get paired with some handlers and, and, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and they seem to enjoy it, but they also, you know, dogs don't really have a choice, you know, the animals in a way. Um, so that was my big push. Um, and then I moved into, um, as, once I retired, moved into some woodwork and, uh, you know, obviously throughout this whole time, I'm, I'm, I'm hunting, I'm fishing, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. And, uh, pretty much what I did was I, I got lost, uh, getting out. So that's where kind of frontline and outdoors, we can kind of go on that later. Um, but that's where frontline outdoors kind of stem from was kind of my journey, trying to figure out where I can heal and how it can help me. Um, so, so yeah. And then right now I am the, uh, um, events and marketing manager for the Cabela's here in Virginia, um, near me. Uh, that's what I've been doing for the past five months. Uh, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, if I was going to actually be working, um, I would have laughed at you, but, um, <laughs> uh, retired life's awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed the two years or so that I had, um, to where I was just, you know, traveling all around hunting and fishing, um, and doing, anything I possibly could in the outdoors. Man, um, that's, uh, <laughs> you come out of retirement. What the heck? <laughs> Most of us <laughs> right. are chomping at the bit, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, once I, I had to find a purpose, man, like that was the biggest thing. And, 
And a guy uh, in my position with uh, the background, which I'm, um, I feel I'm very fortunate than a lot of people that I know. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I had to find a purpose. And once I found that purpose, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that wants to keep doing more and more and more. Um, and, you know, I did some, some research on, on how to stay busy, how to keep anxiety down and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of, way it worked out was it's almost like the more I put on my plate, the, um, the better I feel. Uh, which is weird. Like the more I put on my plate, actually, like I'm getting, you know, <laughs> like overwhelmed. It's like, oh crap. But it really helps me like focus everything in, um, you know, kind of like it, it, you almost get that tunnel vision, but in that tunnel vision, everything you're doing comes right in front of you. And you're like, oh, okay. So it really helped me out. Just add more to my plate really. Is that, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that there's a level of, of PTS or PTSD that you were dealing with in that, um, is that level of focus or, or all that's on the plate? Is that just kind of quieting the, the noise and the clutter from, from that? Or So this is like a big wormhole. I like thinking about this type of stuff. Um, cause I struggled for so long. I mean, it was, it was debilitating my PTSD. Um, you know, I would say 60% of it's from what's happened to me and the other 30% of, of it would be like, who am I without this? You know, who am I without this anxiety? Who am I, you know, maybe I'm nobody. Uh, maybe this is an edge I have to have all the time. And it's just something I have to deal with. And then like, that was like the first stage and it was depressing. You know, it put me down. I didn't want to do a lot of stuff. There was a point where I didn't want to go hunting. Um, and that was like my safe place, you know? And, uh, and like the next step from there was, I was, I just kept thinking more along the lines of like, where do where do I go from this point? Like, how can I make this an advantage for me instead of a debilitating issue? Um, now don't get me wrong. Like I have my days, I have times, you know, where it's bad, you know, I don't leave the house. Um, you know, I get in bad moods. Um, there's times where I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I have a, I have a huge support system. So that is a huge plus. And I, I think, I thank God every day for it, you know? And, uh, so, I was able to like with talking to my therapist and, and all the therapy and things like that, it was really kind of make it to where that issue kind of turned into the advantage I was hoping and wanting. So, um, yeah, in that aspect, uh, without going on anymore, like, yeah, I mean, I'm able to take that anxiety and turn it into like a focus right, in a way of energy. Right. Right. Now that's, uh, well, first off, uh, thank you for your service, man. Um, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah. That, uh, can't say enough about our servicemen and women that uh, near and dear to my heart. Congratulations on the two year anniversary tomorrow before I forget that one. Um, but it's interesting, right? And I've, I've talked to, I don't even know how many servicemen, service women, and, and the different paths when it comes to PTS, PTSD, there's a, yeah, there's a divide there on how, how yeah, that's presented. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, but it's really it's really good to hear when when someone says, yeah, this is my focus to get that under under control. Hopefully someone else hears that that is struggling with it and uh, and is able to turn that into a positive too, man, by just, you know, by just hearing those words and hearing somebody else's struggle. Um, I know we the I forget the gentleman's name and I should know it, uh, but the backcountry rookies guy. Um, one of their team members committed suicide um, about a week ago, man. So, you know, hearts oh, out wow. to them yeah, and I everything. Didn't hear about that. And, 
Yeah, just, and it's, you know, well, I mean, not just, you know, and I don't want to focus on that. I mean, that, you know, it, it kind of impacted right, right. the hunting, you know, community or industry, but it's uh, 22 a day, man. I mean, that number is no joke. Um, so hearing anything positive no, that sure. comes out of that is is huge for me. Um, yeah, just, yeah, that's it's a rough one. That's a rough one. It is, yeah. Yep. So is that what, what kind of kicked out uh, – frontline outdoors for you yeah so i mean throughout you know i was just jumping to things that interested me you know like i kept adding to my plate um you know some things would get put on the back burner um you know so i started doing woodwork and woodwork was really therapeutic and you know a couple of my injuries i have six crushed discs in my neck and back and uh that prevented me a lot so like having those types of injuries on top of my depression um not being able to work out like i used to you know at one point um you know I would say probably about three years before I retired, I was like, I was like 225, 6% body fat. I was like at the top of my game. I mean, that was what I did all the time. And, uh, you know, to go from that to just trying to make sure I stay within a weight standard. Um, I mean, that hurt, you know, so I started doing woodwork and that really started wearing on my body. Um, when I was doing it full time to try to actually make a living. And, uh, and then, you know, after me and my family kind of moved some stuff around, I really just focused on me. Um, and when I say focus on me, I was like, you know what, I need, I want to go do stuff I wanted to do when I was younger. Like I want to be that guy on TV. Right. You know, like I had that immature mindset at that time of like, you know, you know, there's nothing I can't do. Right. So why don't, why don't I just go out and perfect what I love to do? And, um, and so I, I did, I went out and I, I searched out some schools, some seminars, you know, like butchering schools, all that type of stuff. And, uh, throughout that, you know, I was looking for programs for, for veterans. Um, and luckily there's a couple schools out there. Uh, I'll reframe to saying any of their names. Um, but there's a couple schools out there that even allow like the GI bill to be used. Um, so no money out of a pocket, you just use your G, your GI bill you earned, you know? Um, and so went out there, went through all the courses and, uh, you know, while I was out there, out the frontline outdoors was like in its beginning stages, you know, I wasn't really getting out there. I was putting some content out there. We're still waiting for our 501c3 and stuff like that. And, um, you know, once I completed all that, I said, you know, this is something we have to do. I mean, I felt like I found my purpose. Um, you know, I was most certainly, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's healing. You're healing in the outdoors or you, you, did, you were healed through the outdoors. Um, you know, I don't like the word heal. Um, it's just like, I feel like you're working towards something. Uh, you know, healing to me, and this is in my brain, this isn't for anyone else. Like I get a cut and when it's, when that cut's gone, I don't see it anymore. It's healed. Um, I always see my issues. Um, you know, the things that are happening to me, I'm always seeing them. And I think it's a good thing for me to see them. Uh, it's a reminder sometimes. Um, and you know, it, it and it has, this, it's a double edged sword, you know, it's there and you can fall into that black hole quickly too. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. I mean, you're constantly working on it, trying to make it better or trying to keep it at bay. Um, and you know, it, it even sounds depressing saying it, but, um, knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel every single day, all the time, um, that's what helps me keep going. Cause I know there's going to be a day where I don't feel, I feel great, you know, and I, I, you know, and the more I think about that, the more days in a row that happens, you know? So it, it's really nice seeing that progression. Um, but you know, the biggest problem was, is, is trying to want to feel better. Um, I think that's a big, big issue. So, but anyway, uh, before I go on too much on that, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I went out to the guide schools. Um, I was able to do a lot of guiding, a lot of horseback riding, fly fishing, all that type of stuff. Now in no means did it ever make me a master. 
um, because, it, you know, it takes years and years and years of doing something. Um, but it put me in that world I wanted to be in. So I was able to partner with them. And what I wanted to do was build a brand around um, getting better in the outdoors. And, um, and whether, you know, I know we use the word on our website, healing uh, through the outdoors and things like that. Uh, I think it might be better, better, uh, more palatable. And uh, the one thing I didn't want to do was be the free hunt um, nonprofits. Uh, there was a ton out there and I didn't want to be that because it's a bad thing. Um, it was just, uh, I didn't feel like that was a, a niche anymore. And um, so uh, the niche I wanted was some, if you're going to come through a program, you're going to put a lot of time and effort into yourself. Um, you know, anyone, you know, we, we mentor people to go out hunting, which is a huge passion of mine um, to get them outdoors. Uh, but you know, that one, that one, hunt might get them, might, might get them introduced, but you, you get a, you almost instill, instill it into them. You know what I mean? And, um, so I didn't want to be where they just come to us. We take them on a hunt and say, Hey, congratulations. Um, and you, and you have that little bit of camaraderie for the three or four days. Um, I wanted something long, long term. I wanted something where, you know, it's like a, you know, when you, when you do these workouts and, and these, uh, mentorship programs to get in better shape, you know, these, the, the good ones are there checking on you, talking to you. And it, it might be a year, it might be two years. Um, you know, those are, you know, I think the success stories are, are much, um, are, are more abundant, I guess. Um, and, um, they happen more often when you're able to check on them and have that relationship throughout the time. And, uh, so, you know, we started partnering with them to make it where we would take one or two people through the courses. And then once they went through that, we would then take them to, um, we've, we partnered with, uh, become one TV, uh, to where they do their outdoor, um, film, um, or their film school that they have. And, uh, you know, we partnered with them and we've been able to use their online courses. So these guys are getting a, um, a kind of a crash course on what it is for the outdoor industry. So these guys already have somewhat of a passion to be outside. They want to be better. They want to get better. Um, and we give them the tools to either, you know, be their own, you know, go out and get a job. We do job placements and, uh, get them out there to different outfits and stuff like that to start a new career after their schooling. Um, and then also on top of that, uh, uh, it gives them the tools to start their own outfit if they wanted to. So these people might have a family that has a thousand acres that's not being used and they go out and, you know, they're able to make some money doing exactly what they love. You know what I mean? So they have, it, so, it's a continued purpose and, and that, that quick hit right and i'm not belittling anything that anyone else does but that right that makes perfect sense what you're saying that quick hit for that quick you know that weekend or that four or five days that's great but what happens what happens after that's gone that continued purpose in something um dang that's that's brilliant I appreciate that. And, you know, like me and my other founder, Steve Edwards, um, I mean, these get, we, I mean, this, this is what we wanted to do. And, and I've been lucky enough to get an, um, a good board, good board panel, uh, together. And, uh, they're throughout the industry of the outdoors. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know the, it really comes down to mentorship. I really want to, you know, be able to reach these guys or gals to, um, you know, go to their fullest potential in the outdoors. I mean, I could sit there and, and, and grab a guy who's never been interested in the outdoors and take him through all of this. And he might be a veteran or first responder, um, or what have you. And, you know, he gets to the course and he'd go, Oh, that's cool. Um, but I, I don't think I'm ever going to hunt or do any of that stuff. And which is fine, you know, that's their prerogative. Um, and, and that's just not their cup of tea. 
So we're, we want to focus on, uh, you know, it's hard to, I don't like sitting here and going, well, you know, only these type of guys can do our program or, or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. It's just, I want to focus on the people that want to get better. They want to do it through the outdoors. Um, I can't, I can't raise enough money, um, with the type of program that we have. I can't raise enough money to do a ton of ton of people. Um, my goal when I started this was if I can do one person a year and make a difference, that is, that is worth a million in my eyes. Heck you know yeah. what I mean? Yes, sir. Um, so that's our focus. And, and I knew at the beginning, um, I'm a type of guy that I just want to go big and I want to go hard and I want to go fast. And, uh, if, and, and, and luckily I had the board members to kind of slow me down. It's like, Hey, you know, this is what we can project this year. So let's focus on what we can do. And I'm like, well, if we could do that, we could do this, you know, and it's just, um, it's a, and, and I'm the type of person that's like one of my flaws. I'll hold on something in my hand until it burns up to a crisp and still be like, ah, you know, like there's something there. <laughs> but I mean, if it's, but, uh, if it's something that is that you see the impact in your life, that something has had when you can try and translate over to someone else and have that same impact, like you said, in, if it's just that one, you know, guy or gal, um, that's huge, man. For sure. You, for you sure. can't and, help and, but burn, <laughs> burn the hell out of your hand. Yeah. And, and really kind of skip to our current position right now. I was, um, I was incredibly honored. Uh, his name's Eric. I won't put his last name out, but his name's Eric. And, uh, he, he went through our program. Now what's funny is I didn't, he didn't search us out and I didn't search him out. We actually met at the, uh, um, the guide school that we were going to. And, uh, you know, I talked to him and, and he chose on his own, uh, after retiring out of the military to find a purpose in the outdoors. Now this is a guy that only went out hunting maybe a handful of times in his lifetime. Um, you know, killed a deer when he was younger with his dad. And, uh, really that was it. And he, for some reason, just decided he needed to be in the outdoor industry any way he possibly could. Um, and talking with him, uh, it was just incredibly inspiring. This guy, you know, he's been through a lot and, he is, he's actually one of the guys that he, some of the things he says, I actually repeat them through my head all the time, you know, and I was at the time still struggling with a guy who had uh, passed away that I knew. And, uh, you know, he told me, he goes, you know, we don't, we don't help anything by sitting around and being depressed and sad and not living the life we should be living um, because they died. Why don't we honor, we don't honor them that way at all. Why don't we honor them with living the life that we deserve to live and that we want to live? And, um, and I get goosebumps saying that, and, you know, I'm sure it's been said elsewhere. I've never heard it. And the way he explained it to me, I mean, uh, it really changed my point of view. And I felt that he would be at a perfect example to be one of our first folks to go through our program. Um, and inadvertently, um, you know, I can't take credit for taking him to the guide school. It's that's all on him. Um, and, uh, you know, he went through that and then he was supposed to go through our films or to the film course up in Ohio. Um, and some family issues came up. So he's doing the online course. And uh, because he did that, um, we took him on a free hunt out in Kentucky with Palisades Bowhunt. Um, I got to give them a shout out. Those guys are a huge supporter for us. We don't work with a lot of uh, um, outfits. Uh, we just, I mean, if I can find one that works, uh, let's just work with that one instead of putting a whole bunch on our plate, you know? Um, so, so yeah, we went out this year and or 2019 and he drilled a 130 inch 10 point with a bow. And, uh, what's freaking awesome about that is he has never bow hunted in his entire life. I set a bow up for him. I sent it to him with a whole bunch of videos on how to shoot. And, uh, this dude came to camp, 
hit the bullseye at 40 yards three times in a row. And he goes, I'm ready. And he drilled a buck at 15 yards. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible. So I'm going to step us back a little bit because you, you were, when you were talking about yourself, um, you, you were saying how important it is for you to see, basically to see that there was issues. Um, talk about that a little bit, right? Because a lot of times we, not just with PTS or PTSD, but with alcoholism, I mean, things we deal with on a day to day, right? Um, right. When we refuse to see those issues, it seems like it, not it seems, it compounds the problem in my head. Um, when For we, sure. when we decide to say, Hey, this is, this is an issue within myself. Um, that little bit of enlightenment for the lack of a better word is sounds cliche, but is the first step in the healing into that betterment, um, and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I think about this stuff constantly and it's never been a full thought for me. Um, and I almost like it that way because it keeps me searching for, for new ways of, of dealing with certain things. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I, I've been through alcoholism. Um, I've been through, you know, I, I never really, I couldn't say I had an addiction to pain meds, but you know, with what I was prescribed, um, I'm sure I came dangerously close. Um, and, uh, you know, those two things, uh, I say alcoholism ruined my first marriage in a way. Um, and it definitely ended, uh, that first marriage. Like I was in Germany and and there was just a lot of drinking and I was dealing with a lot of stuff prior to that, um, that I just didn't want to face. And, uh, so, uh, luckily, you know, I've been blessed with people who've pretty much come in to save me, uh, before things got out of hand, uh, in a way. And, uh, pretty much a buddy bet me that I couldn't stop drinking for 14 days. And, uh, like the type of guy I am, I said, well, the hell you say, like, <laughs> I will. Um, and it was on an honor system. He never checked up on me, but I went home that day, emptied every bottle I had in the house. And, uh, I went on a four day dry spell and that turned into two months, three months, four months. And then, uh, uh I ended up drinking again, but it never got crazy. It was like, you know, maybe a couple beers, with my buddies on a Friday, um, you know, things like that. So I can't say I really ever beat it at that time, but it really put me on a path to, uh, be better myself. Uh, cause I was getting fat from drinking all the beer. Uh, so I just started working out and I, you know, I wanted to be the best dog handler I could possibly be because at that time I was drinking so much after that divorce. I didn't even want to be working my dog. Now I'm getting paid by the U S government to play with dogs. So that, you know, something was wrong. And so, you know, after that little thing that was kind of put on the back burner, I really kind of buried that down. Um, cause it was never fixed. Uh, I can look back now and, and, and humbly say, I never fixed that. I just suppressed the problem. And, uh, you know, I went on my second deployment. Um, we did what we had to do over there, come back. I, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff. My dog was hurt. Um, all that kind of thing. And, uh, kind of started drinking again. And, and then because of my, my, uh, injuries, I was on pain meds and, and things like that. And it really took, uh, really watching, um, my current marriage at the time or my, my current marriage, uh, kind of fall down a hole again. Um, and you know, I couldn't help but blame drinking, you know, uh, because it wasn't helping my mood. It, uh, you know, I don't care what anybody says drinking to forget anything. You don't forget anything because you wake up remembering it, uh, probably a little bit worse than you did the night before. And, uh, you know, it was suppressing the issues I had to address. And, uh, finally a light clicked on in my head and I'm like, I need therapy. 
I need something, you know? And, uh, I was lucky enough to have a clear mind to not stop looking for the right doctor. And that's what I think a lot of veterans run into. They don't get the right doctor. Um, you know, they struggle to find that person that they can connect to on a personal level or a stranger, I should say, um, to connect on that personal level. And I got lucky and I found one after quite a few tries. Um, I'm not bad mouthing any system. It's just, I had to find someone that I connected with, you know, um, and you know, going through that, and then she opened up a lot of doors for me to go on from there. And through the, all of this, I've been able to look back and look at um, my issues. Um, and uh, I don't know if you ever watched The Office. There's a saying on there, and, and it's really cliche on what he how he said it. Uh, but he's like, I like to be wrong. Yeah, I thrive off of it. Um, and, and every time I think like this, I feel like an idiot. Um, but I like being... Um, uh, wrong. I like looking back on my mistakes and was like, Oh, you know, like that's why I did this. I might even be doing that same mistake again. Um, whatever it might be little or big or whatever. And it's like, Oh, and I'm able to look back and like, okay, that's why I did it. And, and it's kind of crazy. I think a lot of this happened throughout my life. Um, at least how I'm feeling right now. Uh, a lot of this happened through my life. So I can be, um, so analytical throughout in my brain about the things I've done in the past so I can be a better me today. Um, so, um, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, when it comes to looking back on a lot of my, uh, bad stuff, um, there's stuff I still have to deal with, um, you know, sleeping and, and things like that. But, um, knowing there's that light at the end of the tunnel, whether it's a hunt tomorrow or uh, a hunt in a month or a fishing trip, or, or maybe even just reaching out to someone and making sure, Hey, uh, how's, how are things going? Oh, awesome. You're, you're running your own outfit or seeing something on Facebook or something like that. Um, even if it's not a success story from me, my nonprofit, um, I like seeing it and I try to surround myself with that positive stuff. Um, you know, I don't think I'm at a point now where I can really face a whole lot of other, I, I don't know. I just really have to keep the, the positivity around me. And I think it really helps me in, in our mission as FLO and my mission in my life, um, to pursue what I, what I love. I don't want to sound too California because I'll get shit for it, <laughs> but there, there's <laughs> definitely something to be said about the energy we keep around us, right? And I'm a, oh, for I'm sure. a absolute firm believer in if you're if you're surrounded by negative energy or you're putting it out, that's just going to be what everything is about. I don't care what good is around you when it's when everything is looked down on. It just everything is bad and uh for sure but when you kick that crap to the curb <laughs> and and you're focused on the positive it's like nothing nothing can phase you the worst day in the world doesn't phase you it's just yeah it's an amazing thing but those realizations are necessary to bring that full circle however people find sure. that you know uh, yep man I, now i don't know which way to go so because we're <laughs> because we're on this path this topic right now i'm going to i'll step us back to flow and then i want to try to kind of step through the program but let's talk a little bit about peace and therapy in the outdoors right because like okay. you said there's there's programs that you know get guys out um you know that free hunt thing and it's important right um but let's talk about that peace and therapy in the outdoors and what that's done and and the continued growth that you've seen in it and then the the folks that you're affecting with uh with FLO there 
Yeah. So the peace, the peace kind of in the outdoors and that healing really came from finding a purpose. Um, I think that a lot of hunting and outdoor stuff, um, you don't feel yourself as a, as I, I, I say that thinking like I'm speaking for everyone, but I, I think at one point in my life, I felt like it was just something fun I was doing, um, to separate myself from that normal day of life, which you start hitting part of that, um, you know, finding the peace. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is my way of getting closer to God and, and things like that. And I felt that looking back now, um, before I found that purpose in the outdoors, it was a hobby. It was, you know, something I really enjoyed. It's something that I was able to share with my family, um, and some friends and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and, and put some extra meat in the freezer. That's, you know, always a plus. That's how I thought of it then. It wasn't, um, like it is now, now. Um, I, I need that, uh, meat in the freezer because that's part of my purpose as a man, um, in my, in my, my life right now. Um, now that's not my only purpose. I have, I'm a father, you know, husband, all that. And, uh, but finding that purpose, uh, gave me the peace to where I was like, I'm providing for my family. I'm saving, um, you know, grocery trips to the store, whatever it is, you know, it sounds minimal. Um, and when I say just the meat, I also started adding on garden. Um, I had a huge garden this year, which brought me, I mean, incredible, weird happiness. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, in the last few years, I'm turning into like a huge hippie um, <laughs> to where like, you know, I'm just, I love everything. Like this thing, oh my gosh, this deer just, you know, I love this deer. It just gave me its life, you know, and uh, I feel like hunters are actually turning into those tree hugging hippies. Um, and which is cool because, I mean, we can be tree hugging hippies and still go out and kill our food, you know. Um, and, uh, I'm really enjoying the, how a lot of, um, hunting now is, and, and being in the outdoors have turned into that instead of, um, you know, the cold blooded, you know, w- whatever you want to view it. I mean, right. everyone has its, point, yeah, but, everybody um, sees it. But then. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you know, the people I surround myself with, you know, uh, you know, being able to be with like, like Hoffman boots, which we'll talk about, like just those, those guys around there, uh, it's, it's number love, you know what I mean? Like without sounding too weird, like it's nothing but love for what we do. And, uh, it's, uh, you take away a lot of competition. There's no ego. Uh, I'm sure there's ego, but when it's, you know, to the ribbing, but, um, it's just, it's cool to be around that. So, uh, back to the finding that piece, it was, uh, I had to find a purpose. There had to be a purpose in what I was doing. And I, I imagine it came from my military career to where I felt like I had that purpose. Uh, they preached to you, um, as you're getting retired or medically retired is like, you need a purpose. You're going to lose your purpose, which is, you know, being in uniform, uh, to not being in uniform and being in uniform for over 10 years. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be such a struggle. Um, I ignored that struggle for a while. And finally, I don't, I honestly cannot say what hit me. Um, but I love the outdoors. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love everything about it. And I, had to just immerse myself into it somehow, some way. And when I did that, I found the purpose, which was, um, you know, I, I get to provide meat for my family. I get to, um, make certain things with my hands. I, I, um, you know, I get to garden, I get to hike, I get to fish, I get to horseback ride. I mean, just being outside and, you know, as I say all this, it's really all a bunch of cliche, cliche shit, you know, I mean, it's not though, (laughs) but it's not, it really isn't. And no. And, uh, and I think 
a lot of people that might see our program or hear, hear me say certain things, um, it, it, the people that might, might scuff it. And, and I know for, I know that because that's how I used to feel. I'm like, wow, that's cheesy. Like it's not that big a deal. Uh, but man, it is, it, it has changed my life a hundred percent. And, uh, I can tell you right now, I would not have a job right now. I would not have the relationship I have with my family. I would not have anything if it wasn't for my drive to be better and to find that purpose in the outdoors. Uh, now everyone, they might find their purpose in welding. Uh, but that's not me. Um, my purpose is the outdoors and I like to help people that, uh, that, you know, have the notions to do that. How many people would agree or disagree, but I think with, with finding that purpose, everything you just talked about, right. I think there's an evolution to that. Right. And, and I was the same way. Um, you know, I, I want to go hunt. We'll, we'll call that beginning stage, right. That curiosity stage. And then you kind of got the, I just want to kill something stage that, you know, lack of a better word, you know, bloodthirsty, um, however that sounds. But I think the more you're out there and the more you just let everything be and, and just engulf in it, man, you find that purpose. It, I don't, for me, it doesn't sound cliche, dude. I'm ready to give you a hug. Because <laughs> like with the gardening, right? I had, you know, I had a couple of my dog killed my chickens, but I had a couple of chickens. I had the garden, they'd fertilize. And dude, that was... That really was kind of the icing on the cake, the full circle for my ability to go out and with my hands, take an animal and put them in the freezer. Um, so I'm right there with you, man. It, it is, there's nothing like it, but I really believe that there's an evolution to that as, as hunters. Um, when we kind of let that, let that guard down and just let it, just let the outdoors do what it does, man. It's, it's, that shit sounds cliche. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. This, this episode needs to be called cliche. Yeah. But there's really, <laughs> dude, there's nothing. I, and I've said it a million times on the podcast. I don't care. Somebody could, you have to beat me over the head with a bat. There is nothing out there that brings life full circle and the values that are that I hold high, there's nothing like it, dude. I've done I I've snowboard, I free dive, I, I fish, off road, motorcycle, you name it, and I've never ever had anything that has the ability like hunting to bring absolute value to every aspect of life. That's incredibly true. I mean, nothing's. I mean. <laughs> That I mean, it hits the nail on the head, and and all I can say for like the most layman's terms of how this evolved was, if I watched a TV show that was hunting when I was younger, you know, before all of this, um, I would kind of scuff or or kind of laugh at a person that didn't freak out when they just shot a hundred and sixty inch buck. I mean, lose their ever loving shit, you know, because <laughs> that's how I would be. Right. Right. And then I see these guys and they're thanking the deer. And I'm like, you know, I would joke or make a, a something out of it. And now I watch it. You know, we have a much more evolved TV shows now in some aspects. Um, and you watch them and, and you're just like, I, I would feel the same way. Like, holy crap. You know, this is such an epic moment. This isn't just you didn't just kill something like you just whether it's even a milestone in your mind. But you also know. You, you know, you think about all the work that has to be after and all the work that happened before, and it's no longer just a big celebration. It's just, it's, I don't even know if there's a word for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the culmination of it all, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you, 
you, you bring up uh, the work after. I mean, that is that is absolutely one of my favorite parts. And and I hear people go, oh man, this uh, talk about the smell. I I live to smell when I'm quartering up an animal in the woods, man. That oh yeah, oh dude, like that gives me the it gives me the chills just thinking about it. It is it is the yep. entire process, right? All the struggle that the amount of energy that we put into that one tag. Um, is phenomenal, right? It's it's perseverance um, at its finest, right? Just just trying to be For the sure. best we can be in something, and then you know to be able to you got the animal down, and then you know that that and every here's the cliche again is that's when the work starts. But the struggle through right. you know packing that animal out two miles, three miles, seven miles, whatever it is, and that in whatever your scenario is, shoot ten acres and you're packing out two hundred yards. I mean that right. There's nothing like that that full circle culmination of that whole activity, man. It's just it just does something to you. For sure. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's no denying it. And, you know, if if someone's listening now and you don't feel that way, um, it, you know, try to feel that way. Look for ways to feel that way. And, you know, I don't like calling people out. I don't say a lot of I don't really like talking bad about really anybody, um, but maybe you need to make it harder. Um, you know, like 16 to 23, I all I did was set up a tree stand, put a camera in front of it and bow hunted it. Or, you know, if it was legal in the state, I put some corn down. Um, now there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I wanted more. Um, you know, I wanted to make it harder. I want, I didn't, you know, any way I can make it harder, which it, you're not sitting there putting obstacles in your way. You're just adding to your process. Um, you know, I got a climber that made it a little harder for me. I could walk and, and, you know, I could explore more what's on the other side, what's over there. And, uh, you know, started doing that. And then next thing you know, I'm, I have a few more cameras. I'm, I'm putting them el- elsewhere and, and, you know, help someone, you know, do a food plot or something like that. You know, um, there's everyone wants their own thing. And, and for me, it helped me, you know, when I made it harder, it helped me be, um, it helped me, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It helped me, uh, kind of, I guess, immerse myself into that process and appreciate everything that is happening much more than I used to. Um, well, I mean, that's, so. we're, we're about cliches. I mean, it, it, you know, it's the harder you work for something, the more it means, right? I mean, it's the, for sure. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. you know, that, that cliche number 50 or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But yeah. And, and, and then it's so nice too, because you can, you know, that, that you mentioned earlier, the continued purpose, um, the more we struggle in it, the harder we want, you know, the harder we're willing to work for it. We just keep putting in that work, keep putting that work. So that purpose is just, it's never ending, man. That cycle is just constant. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, jump off the cliches for a minute. So t- kind of take us through the process with frontline, man, give us kind of a, a step through the program, um, and how that all works. So right now we're actually revamping a lot of things that we're doing. Um, you know, we, we've kind of moved away from the guide school that was going on, um, just to step back, uh, from one, every single one of us on the board have full-time jobs. Um, at the, at when I, when we started, you know, I was two years, um, you know, I was, I was retired. I had been retired for almost a year and, uh, 
you know, that whole year, that first year that we started, I didn't work. I, you know, I was collecting my VA in, in retirement and that's it. Uh, I was able to travel to Michigan. I was able to travel to Colorado, anywhere that we wanted to do anything for Frontline Outdoors. Um, I was there. And luckily enough, my co-founder, um, he was kind of, in, he actually kind of quit his first job to really just immerse himself in the FLO also. So at a drop of a hat, we were going to Colorado. At a drop of a hat, we we're going to Texas. We were doing whatever we could to to get content and, and let people know what we're doing and, and try to help out where we could with someone. Um, so like, you know, we volunteered at the guide school and all that kind of stuff. Well, now we're trying to bring it in more of an, a more intimate thing to keep out, um, um, well, not really keep out, but just kind of make it where it's just strictly FLO and what we can do for the veteran or first responders. So right now we're actually in the process of trying to figure out, um, or actually get the logistics down of us training. Um, I I know there's already a company that says train to hunt, right? Um, and you're really training to, to be, to find that purpose in the outdoors. And, uh, so instead of going to Colorado or anything like that, um, you know, we bring in our resources that we have, whether it even be game wardens or something like that. And, and it's not a hunter's education course, but if you want to think of it in that aspects, it's kind of like that, but it's a mentorship also. Um, and as we go through that program, um, we're kind of instilling the, uh, you know, the outdoor purpose, because a a byproduct of our mission is trying to make it to where, you know, uh, so studies show uh, across the United States, you, everyone wants to get kids in the outdoors, right? And, and, and that's where it starts. Um, But actually it's, it's where you gotta, you gotta key in on the non-hunting parents or the non-outdoor parent um, or, or a parent that wants to get in the outdoors, but doesn't know how. Um, or a future parent, you know, that age between like 22 and, you know, 32. Um, and, and, and if you really think about it, that's the age of our veterans. Um, uh, a lot of our veterans that are trying to find that new purpose in life. And there's obviously older. Um, but, uh, but the byproduct is if we mentor these folks the right way and teach them how they can either have a career in the outdoors or just have a purpose for their family in the outdoors. And I say the outdoors because now I say hunt a lot. And that's my pure background. It's hunting and fishing. Uh, but the outdoors, it's, it's hiking, it's biking, you know, it's, it's mountain climbing, you know, rock climbing, horseback riding, any of that. And uh, so making that a purpose for your family will also instill them. Um, uh, it'll, it'll be more likely for that parent that went through our program to instill it also in their kids. Um, so that's, a, you know, kind of like a, a happy byproduct, like, okay, great. That's what we're going to get. So, um, we also have to focus on that as well to make sure that we're teaching these folks how to be outdoorsmen, uh, and women and stewards of the outdoors and, and, and so on. So, uh, we are hooked up with a ranch up in Michigan that has an incredible wildlife center, their legends ranch. And those guys, um, now they are a high fence ranch and I grew up, uh, really not caring for them. Um, but these guys, you know, they're actually educating their local community, um, not just on how, they don't push their high feds ranch. They push hunting, get outdoors, hunt, fish, and they have all the resources to do so. So we've kind of partnered with them and we got some stuff in the works to try to figure out um, how we can get these veterans um, uh, trained up uh, to, to be able to find that purpose. Uh, you know, so, and the reason why we kind of moved away from the school is I, I don't want to push the school um, or another company to push our, our, um, our directive. Um, that puts a lot of pressure on a relationship. 
And uh, so if we can do it ourselves through our own training, our own experiences and uh, and use our local resources and bring the community in on it, um, I think we're going to end up with a more um, in-depth and embedded program. Um, if that makes sense, you know, like we could, you know, if, if we have to travel to Indiana and we partner with a local community there, uh, you embed something into that community that maybe wasn't there or you make it stronger. Um, and so through that training with those veterans, um, you know, it, I think it's just going to benefit a lot more people. Um, so that's the plan right now. Like I said, we're, we're revamping, um, really what it is, is, um, you email us, and you, you know, you give us kind of your bio or, you know, you ask for some information. Uh, we shoot it back to you of kind of what we do uh, to try to explain our mission better. That's not on the, um, you know, because it can be long winded, right? As I keep talking over and over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, um, man. But uh, so they, you know, and we kind of work with them, you know, the first year and a half or so, it's been people that I've known um, or been acquainted with throughout, uh, you know, going through the industry. Uh, finding veterans and, and things like that, or, or, or having friends that, you know, we're working together to try to get to a certain level. Um, and uh, so, you know, if someone wants to, to get in our, on our program, uh, shoot us an email and really just ask questions and, and we'll kind of start a relationship that way. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. And then once, once we select you, um, we'll start throwing out some dates. Uh, and that's a big thing because, you know, it's hard to ask a, a veteran or first responder who just got done with service um, to, hey, uh, can you take three weeks off? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, take three weeks off and, and come devote three weeks, uh, absolutely no pay um, for your family or anything uh, to learn how to find a purpose in the outdoors um, and help with, you know, uh, the, the lack of purpose after service. And, uh, so that's really hard. Uh, so we try to make it, and that's going to help us also moving away from a, a formal school and having our own to where we can do our own schedule, you know, Hey, let's do, let's do four days here. Or, Hey, if you're available, let's we're, we have a week program going on here. Um, you know, that's our goal. So we can be a little more flexible with these folks because, you know, a- anybody and everybody that wants to hunt or be in the outdoors, they'll take a four day off. Right. Uh, I mean, at least in my head. <laughs> no, I um, think most of us will, man. We plan, we kind of plan our lives around it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can get somebody to come out for four days, um, you know, all expenses paid and we do that, you know, maybe once a month, cause you know, this process isn't, you know, a one and done. It's not a, Hey, come here for three weeks and you're done. Um, we, if it takes us a year to help you through this, great. Um, if it takes us two years, as long as you're dedicated and, and you want to be here and you want to help, um, yourself, then we're going to be here for you too. So if you can only make, you know, one class a month, um, then by all means, it's okay. You know? Um, so that's our goal is to try to be flexible there because I'm not going to be flexible, um, about someone that doesn't want to help themselves. I can't be, um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there and I know if we have an opportunity, we'll shoot those resources out there for them. Um, but you know, we aren't medical professionals. We're not, um, you know, certified counselors. We're not any of that. And there's people and resources out there for those folks that aren't really ready to help themselves. Um, but maybe just going through the motions and they're going to find that path, uh, you know, even just going through the motions like that, you're going to find a path to get better. Um, it's, it's out there. There is absolutely no way that is a failed, um, it's not the end of the road for anyone. There's something out there, you know? Which, you know, sometimes we hear, 
we hear those, you know, horrible stories, man, and, and people think that. So I'm, I'm glad you're saying it. Um, the more I think the more we the folks that need it hear that. I think that's hugely important, man. Right. And, and I just want to put it out there. I can't wait to listen to this on a bad day because I don't be like, hey, you, you said that, jackass. There so you go. You can always go back out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> so how how has that affected you, man, sharing that experience? You know, you talked about the the hunt uh, with Palisades. Um, how is that sharing in that experience to help you, um, you know, getting other folks through this? And I, I'm really glad you said that. I, I almost forgot to even mention it. it's one of my biggest things now is that's what helps me is helping the other people. And I'm able to open up to them um, with really, I mean, knowing they, they, they serve and knowing that's what I'm there for. Um, what's helped me a lot is opening up about my issues. Um, so I can openly talk about, you know, the alcohol problem, a failed marriage, um, things like that. And it, it's because I feel I can talk to it because I've come to terms with it. Um, and coming to terms with it helps me get through it and, and keep going and moving forward. So, you know, being able to help them, it just, um, it selfishly gives me a certain high that I don't want it to stop. I like helping other people that have been or are in a similar situation than I was, or I am currently, um, you know, cause I mean, Eric, in my opinion, he's way further than I am, or, or maybe not as bad off as I am, or I was, um, he is a much more level-headed man than I am. Um, and, and a lot of like, you know, PTSD aspects, things like that. Um, but I felt that I, you know, he didn't need my help to be better from a PTSD issue or, you know, a back injury or something like that. Um, you know, and I really don't, I think he would have found the path himself, but, um, we were lucky enough to be intercepted into his life, um, to put him on a path to be an archer. Um, and to me that it brings you closer to the hunting experience, you know, in my opinion, um, and that alone, I felt like it gave him a new purpose. You know, he was already working in the outdoor industry after going to the, the, the guide school. Um, he was be, he was a guide, uh, or is, um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, he's never killed an elk, uh, but he was working on getting other people to kill elk, you know? So he was working the industry. He was, he was wrangling horses. He was packing, uh, elk in and out, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he was already there, but seeing, how the hunt and this whole path with the outdoor filming and things like that, kind of the way I seen it change, um, was incredibly humbling. And I, I was kind of worried that I was going to feel maybe I didn't do enough for him, but, um, the little bit I did, I was so happy with it. Um, and to share all that with him, uh, it's, um, it's hard to really, put into words. I mean, uh, when we were sitting there talking, uh, you know, frontline outdoors, we have this thing that we do. And when we take these folks, um, now they're going to go through our courses, they're going to go through uh, our program and things like that. Um, and I do apologize that I didn't really get in depth on our program. We're really revamping everything. No, 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 um, no worries. Our, we're, I, you know, I think you know we're touching I mean? on so, some important stuff here. So, yeah, but, um, so with, uh, with him, uh, and a lot of our other folks that we did, which we'll, we'll get to another program, program that we're in with a ranch up in Michigan, but we, uh, we have flags. So you go through our program and then on our adventure, I like to say adventure because if, if a guy doesn't want to bow hunt, we'll figure something else they want to do outside. You know what I mean? And, uh, it might be whitewater rafting for all I know. But, uh, if you, I don't know if you've learned through the people that you've talked to veterans and such, if, um, like I went on a lot of, um, combat patrols, uh, in my deployment, I, uh, I had flown a lot of American flags over in Afghanistan. I've been in 
a lot of my missions and stuff like that. And I gave them uh, those flags either to myself to hang at my house uh, to remember by, or I give them to my family members. Like, you know, I was thinking of you while I was over there. So, you know, please hang on to this flag. It was flown over X. It was on this um, mission, blah, blah, blah. And so I decided that I wanted to bring that aspect of things into our program uh, because as a veteran or even a first responder, they understand the meaning uh, behind that flag and why it's carried um, during an, a certain experience or a certain length of time through a different um, you know, adventure, we, we can say. Um, so I was able to pull that out of my bag and, uh, and present that to him. Um, and he, he's seen it in his face. Uh, I'm sure he's seen it in mine. And then we've both seen it in the tears that we kept, uh, kind of wiping away. It's windy out. Um, but, uh, you know, not a lot was said, you know, he goes, Hey, you know, that, that was a veteran move, bro. And, and I really appreciate it. And, and that's really all that was said, but I mean, the, I'll, I'll start, I'll be California with you, but the energy between us with <laughs> yeah, that. There you go. Um, it was incredible. I was uh, thinking it, and, I just wasn't saying it right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, having that, it was just, um, it was awesome. And that really put a cap on, I mean, that's not what all we did in 2018. We raised uh, more money than we've ever raised through our 3D shoot, annual 3D shoot we do in Michigan uh, to raise money for the Purple Heart Hunt. Uh, which is at Legends Ranch. Now, it's a pretty much a guaranteed hunt uh, for a Purple Heart recipient. Uh, you go in and apply and things like that. And we were a sponsor for one of the hunters. And uh, the hunter was also the guest speaker. And um, these guys, uh, let, I mean, they just do incredible things for our veterans. And these guys got to shoot 160 to 180-inch um, uh, whitetail in velvet. Um, you know, and it, they don't, they only do this once a year and they only do five at a time and they're incredibly deserving. They're incredibly vetted, um, people that send in, uh, why they want to hunt there and why they, um, you know, they want that experience. Uh, so we were very honored to be able to sponsor one hunter and, uh, you know, we were able also to sponsor every flag that was given to every uh, hunter that killed their animal. And it was with their guide throughout the whole entire week hunt. Um, so that was another thing. And, uh, I was a guest speaker there in 2018 and I sucked terribly. I was there the whole week. I experienced everything with these amazing people from Viet, uh, Vietnam all the way to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and I bawled my eyes out the whole speech. Like it was bad. <laughs> um, so it was, it's great to have, uh, to be a part of all that and to see these guys, um, you know, cause it's an opportunity to see these guys really immerse themselves into a buck of a lifetime. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they've really only walked in their backyard and, and waited for a deer and maybe never seen one. I, I one guy this year, uh, he was in Vietnam. He didn't see a deer in 30 freaking years. Oh, wow. And he got there and he got the biggest buck. He said his family for six generations has ever seen in their life. Um, you know, so that's, that's incredible on a lot of different levels. <laughs> so, um, anything we missed with, with frontline man, that was, uh, I, I'm a sucker for, for our vets <laughs> for anything that gets our vets out and, and giving them some light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything more that I could say and add to what you uh, to what you went through there. But if you if you think we missed anything, man, touch on it real quick, and then we'll uh, jump into some other stuff here. Yeah, I mean, really, the biggest thing now is uh, you know funding. 
uh, and support from companies that want to uh, help these guys through their educational process. Um, even if, you know, you run like an online learning group that you can partner with us that we can give to these guys that sign up for our program, um, anything is great. I mean, it could take, you know, learning how to, you know, grunt call for whitetail during the rut. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, we can find that on YouTube, but maybe some a support system, things like that. Um, you know, and funding. I mean, we need, I would love to be able to do as many people as we possibly can to where we're like, Hey, we have more money. We need to do more stuff, you know? Um, you know, and just support, uh, the more support we get is, um, is great. Uh, and you know, I, I'm, (laughs) I always refer to myself, like when I go and ask for people for help, like, you know, whether it's a store trying to get, you know, a donation or, or whatever, right. For, a. uh, a program that we're doing or a 3d shoot for a giveaway. Uh, I'm like Chris Farley trying to sell brake pads. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just like next thing, you know, I got their car on fire on their desk and it just doesn't make any damn sense. Um, but really I don't like asking for stuff without me knowing that I can give something in return. Um, so if, if there's any way that I can do something back, that's how I am. Um, and that's put more on my plate, but, um, you know, it's, it's whatever I can do, um, to really make it, uh, to make it a great relationship. Uh, I value every, I'm kind of old school in that manner of, I value every relationship I create, whether it becomes bad. Um, I don't like bad mouthing. I like to just, you know what, if we get up separate ways, we have to, but my goal is to every relationship, um, you know, and it, and it, and it stems from my failed attempts in my past, you know, having bad relationships and, and being immature about it. My biggest thing is I want good relationships with great people and surround my nonprofit or I, I don't even, I hate saying my nonprofit, our nonprofit because it's everybody's. Um, I like to surround it with positive vibes and, and positive people that want to, um, you know, be included in our mission. So, I mean, anything really, the only thing I say is support, support, support. And if it's not my or our nonprofit, it's, it's somebody else's. These veterans deserve a lot. Um, and they deserve an opportunity to help themselves. So, um, man, I don't even know how we move on to anything after. <laughs> after I mean, I like that, talking man. hunting, man. So we can talk like 2019. We can yeah, talk, why don't, don't you care, give man. us? Why don't you give us a little bit about your 2019 season, man? How that went and. So 2019, 2019 season was awesome, um, it, but it was also um, it at the very end of it here is came to reflect on some things that I am ready to change for 2020. Um, so it, pretty much my season started, um, in late March, I went down to Kentucky with my boys at Palisades. Um, uh, Zach, it, we, we were trying to hunt every single year together for turkeys. And, uh, we, <laughs> three guys, um, two days and we killed five birds. Yeah, it was awesome. And every bird was no more than 10 yards from our blind. And it was just epic. Um, every bird had over an 11 inch beard, um, over an inch and, uh, an eighth spurs. I mean, it was just awesome. So that started my season out. Um, actually, no, I got to back up January. I was in Texas with two, one of my, two of my best friends, uh, my out West guys. One, um, he, he does an outfit out in New Mexico and the other one helps out an outfit in uh, Colorado. But, uh, we killed two odd dad in Texas, which was freaking awesome. Um, they were delicious. I mean, I almost put them above elk. No um, way. See, you know, what? Bro, it, it's funny that I'm you say that. <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine just went and he, he said, man, that's the worst meat I've ever had. 
really? Yeah. He said I. I he he said he doesn't regret it, but it's the worst meat he's ever had. Wow. I mean, I have I have a back strap in my freezer that I've been like hoarding. I'm like, <laughs> I need to save this. <laughs> I love it. It was great. Uh, so we did that. Um, and then I had the turkey hunt. I did some great ice fishing in uh, February and, and things like that. That turned out great. Get some walleye. Um, after um, after the uh, turkey hunt, it moved into um, spring for walleye up in Michigan and some uh, perch. Uh, I'm really big in walleye. Uh, I'm trying to get more into it. I mean, this the, they taste so freaking good. It's insane. Um, but uh, so it went into walleye. So that was great. And then what I was looking forward to the most was uh, September uh, bow hunt for um, velvet bucks in Kentucky. Uh, I had never done that before, and I was pumped. And obviously, we're talking about Kentucky, so same place, Palisades. And uh, we had some shooters, um, you know, we, me and him, we talk a lot about uh, the property, uh, what the deer are doing and all that. We, we bounce a bunch of stuff off each other and he's just been a huge support for FLO. Um, but anyway, so we go down there and uh, it was me and my brother, which me and my brother have never hunted out of state together. Um, he's finally kind of old enough and he has a job to where he can do this type of stuff and pay for it and all that. And uh, so it was a great opportunity for us get out he was after a certain buck that was named front junk he was pretty much a with the junk he had in <laughs> with the junk he had in the front um <laughs> he ended up being like a 13 um and he would have probably scored out 155 ish um just a monster freaking buck so he's hunting that buck and i had another one kind of in mind uh there was a big 10 and uh, i really wanted him but there was an also an old buck that ended up having um a broken pedicle and his right side kind of grew straight back we called him the uh the uh, new Finland bucks. He looked like caribou. So anyway, we, we were watching these deer and, uh, and then it, it came. Uh, so we're out there hunting. My brother uh, hadn't seen that buck yet. So he ended up shooting a doe. Now my brother's a Michigan hunter all the way. If there's meat in front of him, he can he's kill it. Gone. He's going to kill it. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and I'm holding out. He's like, Oh, you shoot a, shoot a doe. And I'm like, no, like I have all season to shoot does. Like I'm here for a buck, you know? And uh, so I'm hunting. I, I had a couple close calls. And, uh, you know, I had a couple young, like one thirties. Now he has a one thirty limit. So we wanted to stick to that, but, um, you know, these, these, they're two and a half year old deer, uh, you know, so, so we let him go. And, and then one morning it was Friday morning, second, uh, second morning hunt. And, uh, I'm sitting in the stand and the sun starts beating down me. It's like eight 30 and, uh, sitting there and I'm like, man, it's getting real hot real fast. And I was like, the deer are going to really. Uh, and, and I wasn't really thinking of the whole aspect. I was actually in a bottom, um, that was a lot cooler. I just had the sun beating down on me. And, uh, anyway, I turned over and fell asleep. I legitly just turned over on the side of my ass and just fell asleep. And, uh, next thing I know, all I hear is like this deep, um, like it, it, he was just breathing in, uh, but he was breathing in something real hard. And I heard that. I'm like, what the heck? Because, you know, no leaves on the ground. It's September. Um, so I never heard him walk in. Like, you have that hunter sleep where you can hear things walking around you. And uh, so I, I just kind of opened my left eye. And I see this, like, 128 point, literally 15 yards from me. And he's sniffing the ground. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I look behind him. And there's uh, another 120. They're like, they're almost like identical brothers. It's kind of weird. And then the, to the right of him at about 45 yards was a buck I was wanting to shoot. And, uh, you know, he didn't measure out real well, but he was, he's a mature buck. You know, like, that's what I'm after. And um, so anyway, 
I'm looking and I'm, I'm stuck. My, my bow is, you know, an arm length away. My camera's not on. And I'm just like, shit, like, what am I going to do? You know? And so I start kind of moving real slow, real slow. And I mean, it took me from, I bet you it took me about 15 minutes to get where I was. And they find like the two smaller bucks were milling around. And, uh, all of a sudden I heard something behind me and, uh, my bucks kind of staying out, not, not where I want them yet. And, uh, I don't have my bow. I still haven't reached for it. And I moved my butt like maybe three more inches than I was when I was moving slow. And there's a deer behind me that caught me. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and now it's stomping. And I'm, I, I don't want to turn my head cause I have, you know, three deer in front of me and I can just blow this whole, whole thing going. And I look over and I, I, I can swear. I see like white antlers, like pure white antlers. Cause they, he had just lost his velvet. And the three in front of me still have their velvet, but I don't know. It could have been a doe. Who knows? So anyway, it takes a big jump over the Creek behind me. And, uh, I took that opportunity because all three of those deer, when that deer jumped, turned away from me. And, uh, so I took that opportunity. I stood up, I pressed record on my camera. I grabbed my bow and, uh, I, I didn't put my camera on. I didn't focus it. I didn't do anything. I was, it was terrible. And I just zoomed in as best I could to where they were going. And, uh, I ranged my buck and for some reason, I mean, these guys were kind of trotting out and for some reason he stopped and started eating just out of nowhere. I mean, a dead stop and just started eating and I ranged him. He was 67 yards and I dialed her down to 67 and I put it on him and just let one loose. And when I seen it, I go, I think it's two inches forward. I went, man. So I went to play the video. Of course it looks like crap. So I can't see it on the little screen. And then I call my buddy up and, uh, what's funny is before I went to fall asleep, I told him, I said, Hey, why don't you just come pick me up at nine? Um, and then we'll head out here early and there's some spots that's in the shade that we can kind of get out a little earlier. He's a, and, but my phone didn't really have good service. So it never went through. Now those bucks came in at nine. That's when I woke up. And, uh, so luckily he didn't come, <laughs> but I finally got some service and I told him, I said, Hey, I got, I shot a buck. Come get me. Um, so he comes in. And, uh, I go to my arrow and there's good blood and, uh, I'm like, okay, great. You know, it, but it didn't pass through. It had just hit in and it came out. But when it hit, it sounded like a 22 going off. So I was kind of worried I hit shoulder. And, um, so, but there's good red, uh, oxygenated blood on my arrow and there's a good couple drops. Uh, and unfortunately I'm, I'm colorblind. So it's hard for me to see the red blood on the green grass. Um, so anyway, they all come over my brother and, and Zach and, uh, I, we have a bad habit. I have a bad habit of chasing a deer too soon. So I said, why don't we just go back to the cabin and watch the footage on a big screen and see what happens. So, uh, we head back over there, watch it. And all four of us go that buck shot in the neck. I mean, that's what the freaking video looked like. And I was convinced. I'm like, I just shot deer in the neck. I'm like, you know, I just, I made a huge mistake of sh shooting that far and shot him in the neck. I had prepared all summer long. I shoot 3D constantly. I do a bunch of competitions. And I, I mean, my first five shots every morning is at 100 yards, good or bad. It's every morning, 100 yards. And, um, you know, not because I want to shoot a deer at 100 yards. It's I, I like to know that, you know, a 40-yard shot's a chip shot, you know. And uh, so anyway, I, now I'm just emotions running through. I'm just like, this is horrible, you know. And uh so we gave it an hour. I said, you know, with oxygenated blood like that and shot in the neck, he's dead. I mean, I hit an artery and he's done. Um, and I said, but man, the way it sounded, I had to have broke his neck. You know, there's no way he could have ran. 
Um, anyway, long story short, my brother gets on the blood trail and he's following it 75 yards. There he is laying down. And me and my brother, I mean, we're just like elated. I mean, it was great. I just kind of laid there for a second. It was just like, wow. So where'd, you, where'd you end <laughs> uh, up hitting him? Two inches forward. I hit that, that one bone coming off the scapula. Um, is he, I can't remember. Is either that first bone or the second one going down into the elbow, you know? Um, and, uh, I had blown right through that and my tip of my broadhead was lodged into the other shoulder. Oh, nice. So you had, yeah, and then a it great just, shot. yeah, I got everything. And literally, I mean, it was two inches forward. If I would have been two inches back, it would have been a heart and lung shot. Perfect. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I was glad that my initial reaction was like, Ooh, that was two inches forward, but I wasn't worried, you know, until, you know, this video that's all blurry made it look like I shot him in the neck. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, he ended up, it was actually, it was a great buck. He ended up measuring out 110 inches and his left side was 72. Yeah. I mean, so if you would have had a matching, it would have been, I mean, a, an incredible Pope and young buck in velvet. Um, but I'm, I'm so happy with him. He's a mature buck and I love character on deer. Um, I would rather take a mature buck that's 105 inches because he's got character, um, you know, than a two and a half, 130 you know so right so but yeah so that was um that really kind of started my deer season uh i ended up getting six deer all together this year um because i ended up killing a couple does while i was there um and here in virginia i chased two bucks all season long and never got a shot at them um just uh between that and, and getting a new job trying to get adjusted to that um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get out deer hunting as much as I wanted to. I, everything I did, I did very smart, um, which I feel really good about that. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, I never got an opportunity here kind of in, I guess in my home state, Michigan's technically my home state, but, uh, um, here in Virginia, I, I live here. Um, yeah, I just didn't get an opportunity. I had a couple bucks I was after that were, you know, one thirties, those very nice bucks that I was excited for. Um, but my plan this year, which I followed through with was to play smart. Um, don't go in on bad wins or marginal wins. Uh, don't take those chances. Um, you know, there's a bunch of times I want to get in close to a bedding area. Um, and my days off, you know, obviously I, I can't always pick my days off and the winds were bad. Winds were bad. Winds were bad. So I had to go in an observation stand. I had to go in a stand that I knew I'd probably just get a couple glimpses of deer that I could glass, you know, and, uh, that this is my first year really focusing on that. And it hurt, it hurt bad. Um, you know, cause you know, the old me is like, Oh, let's just take a chance, take a chance. But I didn't, you know, next year, uh, I know these two bucks are still alive right now. So I have an opportunity to pattern them better, um, make, make some different choices and some different moves with some stands and maybe have a good chance at, you know, at them being bigger next year or this year rather. So, and that's a, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that, right? I mean, when you get to the end of that road, if you get to the end of that road, um, back to where we started this conversation and purpose, um, that continued purpose. I've been chasing the same single buck. This was my second season on him. I could have rifled him a couple times, but I opted to only take him with my bow. Nice. Um, he made it. Um, and as long as he makes it, you know, through the next season, man, it survives winter. I, I'm killing him next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? Awesome. And, and yeah. but there's there's something about there's something about that respect, that admiration, and just that grind of just saying, 
I'm getting you, I'm playing your game, and I'm winning. I mean, that just you want to talk about a drive. Oh man. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope I I hope I kill that damn deer. I do too, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's, that's freaking uh, awesome. Six deer though, that's a great season, man. That's a that's a freezer full and then some. Yeah, and, and what's funny is is that is plenty, right? I mean, that's plenty of, of meat in the freezer. Um and you know, this is kind of segue into a little bit more deep stuff, but, um, I was almost disappointed. I had, I had, I think 12 big game animals in my freezer last year, um, between hunting Kentucky, Michigan, Texas, and Virginia. Um, oh, and Ohio. Uh, you know, I had, I had an incredible year last year. Um, you know, I'm, I am a meat hunter first, so I, I shot a lot of does. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I love having meat in the freezer and, uh, but you know, what's crazy is we went through it. You know, I made summer sausage and I love giving away, you know, things that I've made at home, um, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was really fortunate that I could do that. Um, and this year, you know, it, it, it segues into how I felt after. So trying to review this season in my head uh, and it set me up for 2000 or, uh, yeah, 2020, um, is, I felt like all I was thinking about was my next move. Um, when I say that, like I was thinking about my next hunt, that's it. Like I literally had just shot an incredible buck of a lifetime, uh, for me. And I mean, full velvet. I mean, not everyone gets the opportunity for that. Um, and I'm the first in my entire family that ever got a chance. And I'm already thinking about like, well, what am I going to do next? Where am I going next? Am I, am I, am I doing this? Am I doing that? And I'd never sat there and reveled into the true, uh, the, the hunt I just did. Um, and man, it is eating me alive this entire season. It was like, why do I keep thinking about the next trip, the next trip? I mean, I'm talking with, uh, you know, Bob Morgan about, uh, the hunt out in Oregon and, and it's only like, you know, October and I'm not even <laughs> engulfing myself into the bow season I'm in, right. you know? And, uh, you know, looking back on that, I actually wrote a piece that I'm still working on and I want to publish it, um, on our blog and, and things like that, but it's our time in the wild and why aren't we, you know, and I say we, cause maybe I'm touching somebody else's, you know, feelings here. Oh yeah. Um, you're, you're but, right in but mind, like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, why am I not, uh, you know, reveling in, in the, the current right now? And now we always talk about, here's a cliche again, you know, live in the moment, right? And I was most certainly not living in the moment. I was losing touch and, and maybe I was, it, maybe it was going to involve into losing my purpose, right. In the outdoors. Uh, and I, I started thinking like, am I just doing these to check it off a list? Am I just doing this just to put meat in the freezer? Am I just doing this because, uh, I have this weird urge to do it? Like why? And you know, those all might be true. Right. And Absolutely. But thinking about it, it almost puts it all in perspective of like how you should place those little puzzle pieces in your brain to fulfill that moment that just happened. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and it's really set me up for 2020 is like, you know, I'm not going to just let things come to me because you can't make things happen if, if that's all you do. So, you know, I got a, <laughs> so I got a plan, right? I got a plan for these hunts, but uh, I really almost need to make it to where like, hey, January 30th is the day that I can start planning for a 2020 hunting season. You know what I mean? And, uh, and if I can do that, then maybe throughout the whole season, all I do is think about what's happening there. You know, like it's already on an agenda. I don't have to really think about what's next. It's already there. And then that'll free me up to really think about like, okay, 
you just shot a, an incredible mature buck at 67 yards. Like I didn't even get to revel in that. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's that's a hell huge. of a shot. Yeah. Hell of a shot. <laughs> and, and, and it all came from working my ass off all summer long and, you know, before of my archery time. It, and I was able to successfully make the shot. And what's crazy, and, you know, I'll, well, we can move on after this, but I never thought about how I don't even remember the shot, right? Like we, we shoot and sometimes we can't even remember the whole thing, the mantra that we went through. But there is no doubt in my head that I couldn't have gone through that mantra almost perfectly without the, you know, you know, the, constantly doing it all the time and the hard work beforehand. But, so, but, but that's a big deal, right? Especially when you, I shouldn't say, especially sorry, you know, full on rifle guys. But when you talk archery, that is the goal is to, is to prepare and work so hard for that moment that it just becomes what you do. Right. Yeah. And I think, and, uh, I think to talk about, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, uh, you're fine. You're fine. Is, the part of of being in season and looking at next season i don't i don't know that that's i hear what you're saying but i think that's just part of the obsession i because i do the same thing you know we're we're getting ready for an elk hunt and i'm talking about a 2020 caribou hunt you know what i mean and, and right. it's yeah. haven't even got through 2019 elk um right and i think that that's just part of the obsession right it, it's just you, never ending I'm, obsession. <laughs> I'm right i'm right with you and i think i think that's a healthy thing to have right because it keeps us driving oh, forward yeah. um but i really felt that i was losing touch and and enjoying the moments that i'm having and, uh, you know, I don't know if I need to start journaling, um, you know, just a, a few jots down of what happened, you know, maybe just that week of like that week of, it, of, because the way I'm writing this, it's like, it's, it's my time in the wild. So maybe that week in the wild, um, that I just need to jot down some stuff that happened and I may ne- never read it again that year, but you know, for me, like when I write things down or if I talk it out, like me and you talking out things, it's going to stick with me more. And I'm going to be able to think about it and ponder about it a little bit more analytically um, than I would if it's just a passing thought. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just super preemptive um, of trying not to fall into some type of black hole um, that I f- somehow foresee happening. Um, but I'm really I, I really feel good about thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm like you know maybe I'm I'm getting ahead of some things and, and, you know, we can circle back to, you know, how I'm healing through the outdoors, uh, with, with that cliche, you know, maybe that's, what's, what's making me who I am now. Right. You know what I mean? No, I'm, you know, yeah, it's like, I'm right there it's, with it's, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I, I don't know that there's not a lot of guys that are in a different position to be honest with you. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know that we can stop it. I, I know for me, part of my goal this year was to not focus on my tags, but really focus on the experience, what I was, where I was able to take myself physically and mentally. Uh, right. That was a goal. And I think that kind of, that kind of took me away from the obsession part of it. Um, so I don't know, maybe that, you know, look at that, like you said it earlier, you know, focus on making it harder or something. And for me, it was just like, I just want to go get beat up, make it through it. And at the end of the day, I'll punch these tags. If the opportunity comes, if the animal made me work, um, I just wanted to work for it. I wanted to, I wanted to just want to quit and keep going. And it really kind of, 
brought me into what you're talking about. But I was still thinking about Caribou 2020. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking about the the Oregon hunt with Bob. So I mean, I'm pumped. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, go go for it. Go for it. Oh no, I was just I was kind of just gonna put a random thing in there. Like uh, these last two days um, has made me feel like I'm almost happy deer season's over. Um, you know, because there was part of it that I felt like I was neglecting and, you know, whatever. I mean, I did great this year. I'm, I'm super proud of what I did and being able to go over what we just talked about to think about it all. It's actually kind of coming into more of a realization. Like I got lucky enough to have my mount uh, back from September. So I get to stare at that all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just got off of like two days of rabbit hunting, uh, Saturday, me and my brother and my dad went out in Michigan, um, killed, uh, two rabbits out of three that we've seen. And that was just kicking the brush. Um, so that was pretty awesome. And it just made me happy. I'm like, you know what? I'm after, I'm, I'm doing something different, right? You know, like you can, man, once you get into the dog days of hunting, I mean, you almost get miserable. I mean, your, your drive is still there, but you're just like, son of a bitch. Like, yeah. yeah. That's my <laughs> and, early uh, season. Today, yeah. Oh, oh, really? Oh man. My early season is... <sighs> It almost feels foolish. <laughs> it almost is 110 <laughs> degrees, 100 at 11 p.m. And it's like, why the <laughs> hell am I doing this for an opportunity at deer for an hour, an hour and a half in the morning? But it didn't it didn't stop me from, you know, seven hours, 13 hours in 100 degrees. Just. That's uh, that's funny, because, like, it doesn't matter where I would be. Um, you know, early season when it, when I have my bow in my hand, ready to kill a big game animal, like I, I'm up at like, you know, two hours before I even got to leave the house. I'm having coffee. I'm sitting there enjoying like looking at maps, all that kind of stuff. And then here comes December and I'm just like, just put a freaking heater in the blind. We'll go out <laughs> in the evening, you know, whatever. Like, Hey, is, is baiting legal here? Cause I like, I'm just tired of waiting. You yeah, know what I mean? Like it done. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, it's funny seeing that happen. And, and, you know, part of me fights it. I try to do, I still try to make good decisions. Um, but you know, it, I just, I really, I don't even know if I want to stop it. Cause I, I laugh every, every year at the end of it. It's just like, God, I'm such a woman, like and no offense. There's women that out hunt me, but it's like, man, you're being a big old wuss right now. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a but, uh, we had an unusual couple of snowfalls here and that was that was extra motivation for me i mean i can't think i, I think it was somewhere 12 years ish ago um the last opportunity i had here to hunt in the snow so that was that was a huge motivator just to go and say okay i'm gonna go out and I'm gonna find an animal that makes me work for it and i'm killing a doe a buck whatever um right you know a small well i didn't kill the small buck i had a chance but um that area he needed to live so i went for a doe but just the opportunity and the motivation that the snow brought was something else yeah that's awesome um you brought up uh good old bob there why don't we talk a little bit uh about the hoffman boots thing man we're both on that uh, hoffman boots team so i wanted to get a little bit on yeah, that as so well yeah. So I've met Bob through first light. Um, I've been with first light for about three years now on their staff and, uh, I met him through there. He does, man, I love watching that guy and what he's doing. I mean, uh, he, he's, he kills it. I mean, he's awesome. And, uh, you know, we started talking kind of offline 
and, uh, you know, talking about hunting and, and certain things, you know, products, you know, there's some things that he uses that I was asking about. And I started asking about Hoffman boots and, uh, and he turned me on to him. And then, uh, you know, through our relationship and, and, you know, what I do for a living now and what I do with FOO, he had come to me to ask to, um, help with, uh, managing staff for Hoffman boots. And, uh, so I, I jumped on it, you know, this is, this is the life I want to be in. Right. I mean, um, you know, we get some perks and stuff, but I'm not getting paid. It's just something I want to do. And, uh, so, you know, I created the group and, uh, we, uh, went out and, you know, Bob mostly, uh, you know, I had some folks and friends that, uh, that, that are into that type of stuff, but Bob really brought on some folks that we knew that were going to bring in the content and they were going to, you know, put the work in, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think there's a bad rap for, you know, some companies that bring on a staff and next thing you know, you have, you know, 400 of them, 400 staff. And now for me, like that's, that's not how I roll. Um, I, I like to have it a little more just not, not discreet, but a little more, I guess you could say elite, right. Um, you know, you, you go through a, a different vetting process and, you know, it works for those companies. So that's awesome. Um, but I thought, you know, when I brought this on, I said, you know, we're going to have, you know, eight to 10 people and let's see how that goes. You know what I mean? Cause, um, you know, I feel that if I'm working with, I, I can work with 10 people better than I can collaborate with 500. Right. At the same. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and being able, all of us, you know, I'm not managing you guys. I'm just, I'm really just making sure the page runs right, you know, and correctly. And then just, you know, make sure we're all, you know, putting in the work. And if we can all work together doing that, it's just awesome doing that. And, and then the camaraderie on top of that, um, it, it's, you know, you can't beat, you know, people sharing a campfire. You know what I mean? Right, I mean, no. me and you never met in our entire life except for through Hoffman Boots. And I mean, I, I love talking to you. So <laughs> I feel as usual, man. You know, and there's some, yeah. there's some, uh, some straight killers on that staff. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're, I was like, you know, I'm a whitetail guy. I get out West sometimes, you know, and I immerse myself in that, but I was like, these guys are killing it. I mean, <laughs> and I'm posting some stuff about rabbit hunts, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but that's the beauty I mean, of it. Right. I mean, and that's the one thing, not just with, you know, staff positions or things like that, but with hunting in general, I mean, you could be, you know, look at Brady's year. He had, um, I mean, he just, year. yeah, just phenomenal. I year. love the Redder ass. Oh, Kristen and, and Brady are awesome. Oh, you look at his year, but there's nothing, there's no squawking at a guy. If a guy just is just no big game, just out upland game hunting. And that's the, the plus of what we love to do is that there's no, there's really no division when people are just in it for being in it. Cause they love it. Right. Yep. And then it's awesome. I mean, just that camaraderie there. So, I mean, when it comes to Hoffman boots, um, I mean, we can, I can sound like a salesman, whatever it is, but they are freaking awesome. Um, I've put quite a few miles in the boots I have. I have the armor pros and, uh, like out, I, I mean, so I have a bad back. I have, um, I have very little to no cartilage in my knees. Um, I'm missing a couple bones in each foot. Um, I have a bad neck, you know, and then that obviously that just kind of, it, it's a terrible perpetual circle that I can't stand. Um, so footwear is like a huge thing for me and having, uh, that, having that boot on, uh, even today, I think, uh, my watch said I did nine miles today, rabbit hunting. And, uh, like I, 
I wasn't sore. I mean, so, so that was kind of a big deal for me. And, um, you know, when Bob talked about Hoffman boots, it was just, it was a no brainer to, um, join forces with him and, and manage, um, you know, getting the staff together and, uh, and I'm just inspired by, by you guys and what you're doing. Right. And, and all I can hope is like maybe my, uh, you know, a few hours in the woods rabbit hunting in in this in January (laughs) might, might inspire you guys too. But, uh, but that goes back to my point. And I think it does. Right. Cause a lot of times we get held up on that elk tag or that deer tag or, you know, chasing uh, that dream of caribou, um, out at, and we forget the not, it's not a a belittling thing, but the simpler, you know, going out and upland game hunting, you know, getting that off that air quotes off season fix in. Um, I, I love those days, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, what's cool is, I mean, throughout all the deer season, you know, or big game season where you got to be quiet all the time. It's pretty nice where you can sit there with your buddies and just rib each other or bullshit back and forth. And, and you're shooting, you're shooting rabbits because you're watching these dogs work. And, and at the end of the day, you're putting in the work and there's work after there's work before, you know, I mean, we had, we're lucky enough to have a guy who sat there and mowed lanes in this big, tall, I mean, stuff that you can't see 10 feet in front of you um, in mode lanes so we can shoot rabbits, you know, so there's work there. And, and, you know, I like showing, you know, that little bit of work, um, or that a lot of bit of work rather, um, just for, you know, what, a, a half a pound of meat and, you know, no and it's worth it. No, and it's worth it. And <laughs> well, there is pressure when a whole bunch of guys around you are making fun of your four ten, and, uh, <laughs> you, you tend to have a problem that if, if it keeps moving, you keep shooting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sounds it was, like, uh, sounds like me dove hunting, man. <laughs> I killed three rabbits today and I went through uh 27 rounds. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm right there, I'm, <laughs> but I'm probably the worst. Of, well, I can, uh, no, I can slaughter rabbits, but I'm the worst wing shooter in the world as far as i'm concerned we went the last time i went dove hunting i want to say it was about a year and a half that may have been two years ago anyhow i think i went through 150 shells for nine dove (laughs) holy shit that is awesome (laughs) awful just absolutely awful but man I, i just have fun doing it (laughs) <laughs> I won't qualify awesome. it or anything. I, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm going and I'm shooting. I don't shoot my yep. shotgun much, but I got it when it's ready to go. It's, it's a blast, what's, man. What's funny is these guys, they're just making fun of me, but the only rabbits I had opportunity at, I killed them. There you and go. <laughs> like, I mean, who cares? I shot, you know, 12 times behind them and then finally got it. I mean, it's, it's a dead rabbit. And then, you know, I'm, I'm three for three. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Heck yep. yeah. That I, I love those those times where that self-inflicted pressure is just off. And it's crazy that we put that much on ourselves through, you know, our our big game tags. But yeah, that is what it is. But man, those are those are priceless moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a blast. <laughs> so um one of the things that I've kind of thrown into the podcast one it's because it's it's an ever a never ending learning game right but two i i just want i guess some honesty out there i don't know there's it's like a triple fold in my head so <laughs> we're always growing with this man what's what couple things one or two things are you focused on improving for next season be it calling or patience glassing shooting your bow 
so next year, um, my biggest goal is to, like I said, like live in the moment. Um, and, and whether that's having to document what's going on, uh, I really want to focus on that. I like, I guess what I'm trying to focus on is being a better mentor. Um, and, and that kind of ties in with that and being, um, a better steward of the outdoors. I mean, I'm sure there's a, if I, if I try to analyze everything I did or, and I want to do, um, there's some mistakes maybe I'm making that I shouldn't be making, um, you know, things, little things like that. Um, but you know, one of the big goals I want to do, cause I work with, uh, the, um, the game wardens here and here in Virginia, they have what's called an R3 program and it's their recruiting program to recruit people in the outdoors. And they're what they're uh, biologists and their, their wardens are the ones that kind of turned me on to that study of, of the, the people who are most likely to bring more people into the outdoors. Um, so my goal this year is to get my, um, hunter safety course, um, teacher, uh, certification. And then right after that, get my master hunter, uh, teacher course where I can, it's like a train the trainer. Um, so I want to get that and then, uh, I'll be able to, um, you know, through even my nonprofit or whatever, um, give free, um, um, hunter safety courses to folks. And then like same way, like it might be a veteran or, or anything like that. Uh, this is kind of mo- more of my personal mission is to mentor people. And, uh, if, you know, if I'm able to do it with a veteran and maybe that's the only thing I'm able to do, you know, at a certain month, um, I want to be a better mentor. I want to, I want to instill the outdoors into somebody and, and the purpose of it. Um, and you know, maybe they can, you know, you change one person's life, they might change two and, and just accumulates from there, you know? So, uh, you know, I've really been, I've been thinking about that kind of thing and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really not this is one of the first years I'm not thinking about how, you know, man, I, I, you know, just, I don't know if I just kill it so much this last year to where I'm pretty confident. I mean, obviously once, once summer hits, I mean, I'm going to be out looking in fields forever. Um, so I can't sit here and fool myself, but, uh, um, you know, my focus will change. I know it will, it's coming, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I'm really trying to stay in that, that helping others. I mean, I don't know what it is, man. It's, it's really starting to come over me in the last year and a half or so to where, um, you know, I, I want to, I want to change someone else's life. I feel like, uh, people have changed mine in a lot of different ways and the work I've put into myself, I've changed that in a, in good aspects. And, um, a lot of me just wants to give it back out. Like I, I want to give my successes away. You know, I made a whole bunch of summer sausages. I gave it to a bunch of my family and friends and I barely got any of it, you know? And, I don't know what it is. It's like lately, I don't know if I'm just getting older or, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm mature, which is weird. I don't, I, don't, um, <laughs> I wonder that too, man. Uh, <laughs> it scared me a little bit, but no, like I just want to give back. I want to do more. I want to do more for someone else. And luckily I have that Avenue with FLO, um, to do that. Uh, but I am also in a position at Cabela's where I work, um, to do it as well. I mean, I, I do all the events and all the marketing for the store. And, uh, you know, it is my job to make sure that, uh, you know, people are getting the right experience, um, when it comes to our events and our events are a lot of educational stuff. And, you know, um, part of me has seen a decline of people, um, trying to enjoy those seminars. I know I learned how to turkey hunt through a Gander Mountain seminar back in, um, like 2001. Um, you know, I went there on my own, my own time and I learned how to turkey call and, and I learned how to do it. And my father or my family has never turkey hunted in their lives. And I went out, um, on my own and killed a turkey, like <laughs> all because of that, you know? So I want to, I, 
I, I feel it's really cool to to see these people come into these classes. So, um, I, you know, I'm in, I'm just in a great position this year. I don't know how I set that up. It was definitely not on purpose um, to really give back. And I'm excited to do that. Heck yeah, man. Well, that's not a a bad note to end on. Um, I appreciate your time, Wes. Um, it was great chatting with you, man, outside of, you know, via DMs and, and the uh, Hoffman boot page there, man. For sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. I appreciate you having me on and, yeah, and uh, talking. Good. It was awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I love it. So, yeah, was, here's the cliches, brother. I appreciate your time. Right. We'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts, and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science to help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry. There's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at V2P Nutrition.